last hand. So hopefully this week is the best. Um, I'm psyched to be here. Uh, just a thought and a question I wanted to share with you guys. A couple of questions I'll share with you later, but um, let's just pray for one more second if we can. Dear Lord, as uh, you just get ready to speak, I would just pray that I would humble my heart, Lord, that the brothers would humble their hearts, and uh, we would... Take out the worries and cares and plans of the day and just hear what you would speak to our heart. And uh, Lord, we give you praise and thanks for our lives on this earth and the one to come. We love you and pray all these things in Jesus' name. Guys, a couple of things I want to share with you. Um, We've been talking about healthy choices and connections. Week one, we talked about physical choices, taking care of your body. Week two, last week, we talked about spiritual choices, your relationship with God. This week, we're going to talk about your relationship with other people, and that should hopefully be healthy choices and connections the three weeks we had. I know Ryan's going to tell you, but I want to remind you, there is no meeting next week. It's Thanksgiving week, right? We'll we'll regroup the following week at the big one up at Oxum at the end of the month. Okay. So I love to speak and I love to preach. Uh, those are blessings for me. But and, and I appreciate your guys' comments and compliments. Thank you. They, they really encourage me. But I do want to say that uh, I know I'm energetic and I'm purposely talking slow now and not being energetic. I, I know that I am. I notice the way I'm wired. But you know, I, I want to remind you guys and myself too that it has nothing to do with style of delivery and everything to do with the Holy Spirit and God's Word. And I truly believe that you can be the most monotone person in the world. I have listened to monotone pastors and have been blessed abundantly and exceedingly more than I can ask or imagine by the Word and the Holy Spirit. So, you know, just remember that. It's always about the Word and the Holy Spirit. Um, and we need to concentrate on God's Word. So it's been my joy and blessing to prepare and study for these weeks. Um, God uses it to speak to me as I remind myself about the topic. But I hope you'll remember, I know most of you are mature guys in the Lord, but I'm reminding myself, and I hope you'll remember, that it's through God's Word and the study of it, study of it in, and prayer that God communicates with us. So we want to have that ability to communicate with God and make sure we don't miss any of that. All right, can I get energetic now? I made my point? Excellent. Get back in the game. So don't miss the blessing. If there's anything that I would share with you that would be a value of you, uh, to you, it would be one thing. I would say one thing. Do not miss the blessing of a relationship with God. That is the most important thing. So I want to talk about money and other people real quick and and then get to relationships with other people. Money real quick because you guys have been hammered on this a hundred times before, but I promise we discuss it. In Luke 12, 15, God says to them, watch out. It's a good indicator when Jesus tells you to watch out. Like, what, what am I watching out for? He says, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. A man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. This is God saying, look, I've told you all through that the physical things don't matter. Stuff doesn't matter. You can't take it with you. What matters is your spiritual blessings in eternity. So specifically talking about money and possessions, God's saying, that's not what your life consists of. And that's what, not what your life should be focused on. Doesn't mean you don't need it and you shouldn't work for it. It just means it shouldn't be the priority in your life ahead of God. He goes on to say in 1 Timothy 6.10, for the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. He does not say money is evil. 
Money is, is like this piece of paper. It's nothing. It's not good nor bad. It's the love of money that is a root of all kinds of evil. Because if you love it more than God and idolize it and chase money more than you do your relationship with God, then you're going to have a problem and that will lead to all kinds of evil. He says some people, eager for money, have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. You can get off track a little bit. Satan can take you off subtly on on career, on money, on other stuff that takes you off God's purpose and plan for your life. So God needs to be the purpose. Remember, uh, Apostle Paul told us in Philippians 4, I've learned to be content in whatever circumstances I am. Whether I have a lot or a little, I've learned to be content. By the way, he didn't say he liked having a little. He didn't say that was a great thing. He just said he's learned to be content because he has the joy of the Lord. He knows that God is what matters, and God is the priority in his life, and God is the source of his peace and joy, and it should be exactly the same in our lives. And I love this as we finish up on money. Um, It's Matthew 6.24. It says, no one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other. He will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. So here is Jesus equating money to a God. He's saying, look, it's, it's one or the other. You can't serve both. It's one or the other. So the question for you and I today is, who is your master? Is it, is it God or is it money? And if it's God, our life should reflect that. So a little bit uh, last thing on um, who you're hanging out with. Who are you hanging out with? David Hill started Ironman because he wanted to hang out with people who were better than him, who could make his life better in different categories. You shared that, David, that you, Ray and other people whose marriages and, and parenting skills you admired and, and life skills. And you said, man, I got to have a little bit of what these guys got. I got to see what makes them tick. I want this because I want to be better. And I admire that. And all of us are blessed, David, by, by that today. And it's still going on. So it matters. So we're talking about healthy choices and connections. It absolutely matters who you hang out with. Now, of course, we're called to be lights in a world of darkness and salt to a tasteless generation. So of course, you're going to interact with non-believers and, and people who are mired in sin, but you're not going to be corrupted by it. You're not going to stay in it all the time. You want to be surrounded by people who are doing the right thing. And listen, I'm not telling you how to live or what to do. I'm telling you to think about how you live and what you do. It's up to you. Hey, cursing, partying too much, rough jokes, coarse jokes. I mean, you have freedom in Christ to do it, but if we claim to be a Christian, shouldn't we live and act like one? And again, not just on Sunday or Friday, but all of the time. Remember, the world is looking at you. So if you're cursing, telling dirty jokes, and you're, you know, wasted and partying around, uh, you know, individually you have those privileges. You won't lose your salvation because of it. But what kind of witness is it? Where is the difference between you and I? How would that reflect the Christian? And is that what Jesus would do. Did Jesus curse? Did Jesus get drunk? Did Jesus tell rowdy jokes? Uh, No, that's not what Jesus did because he was reflecting and glorifying God. Hey, it may be a sacrifice to give some of those things up, but remember, it's... uh it's, it's how we glorify God. We're supposed to live our lives sacrificially, not selfishly. Sacrificially, not selfishly. And these are things I'm hammering myself with. So now, I want to get to the key point of our message today, which is relationships to other people. Matthew said it best. Um, it's in Matthew 22. I love it. It's Jesus talking. And they asked, the disciples asked Jesus, what is the greatest commandment in the law? 
And Jesus replies, he says, love the Lord God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. By the way, this was not a thought or a suggestion. This was a commandment. It was not, hey, maybe you should do this. It's a good idea. It'll help you out. No, this was a commandment. Here are the commands that God gave to Moses on the mountain. First and foremost, love the Lord God with all your heart and soul. And second, and just like it, love your neighbor as yourself. So important was it that he he linked it to the first one. It was so important to love your neighbor as yourself. And and in John, Jesus re, re says it again in John 13, 34. He's at the Last Supper. He knows the end is near. He always knew when the end was going to be. And the disciples are sitting around them, and they don't quite get that the end is near yet, but Jesus does. And he says at the table, a new command I give you. Love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. Again, does that sound like a suggestion? You must love one another. No, that's, that's a firm fact. Not should, not you should think about it, not once in a while. Must love. Why? Why do I have to love everybody, Jesus? Hey, you're doing a great job of it. Why do you need my help? You're loving everybody just great. Well, it says in the next verse, why? It's John 13, 35. 34 says, a new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. Here's why. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. By this, everyone will know you're my disciple if you love one another. In other words, if they see the love of Christ in you towards them and others, they'll know that you have God in you, and they'll know you're a disciple of Jesus. So my question from me, but you can add it to yourself, is when I walk around living my life, do people see the love of Christ in me? I hope so. I'm striving for that. I want to bat a thousand in baseball. I know I won't get a hit every time, but that's my goal. I'm striving for excellence. And I hope that we will be striving for excellence in our Christian life, knowing this is what matters. God's promised he's going to reward us in heaven based on our obedience on earth. And we've talked about this before, not based on our accomplishments. God will accomplish what he wants for your life, but based on your obedience. So if God has told me that I must love other people, Shouldn't that be something I take to heart? Matthew 7, 12 says, In everything you do, do to others what you would have them do to you. Not in some things, not a few things, not most. In everything you do, do to others as you would have them do to you. So, what would you like done to you? Mean or kind? Generous or stingy? Which would you prefer done to you? Judgment or forgiveness? Love or hate? Which would you like? What would you want most if it was being directed at you? Regarding forgiveness, would you want forgiveness or being punished? We can't talk about loving others without talking about forgiveness. It's God's command that we are to forgive others. I believe it's the healthiest choice any believer can make after salvation, is to examine your heart. Who in your life haven't you forgiven or haven't forgiven completely? Who? Listen to what Matthew 6.14 says. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. What's that? (laughs) Wait, 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 wait. But I I thought, you know, I'm going to heaven. I'm saved, Jesus. I accepted you. Oh, yeah, you're going to heaven. You're saved. But you can interrupt 
God's blessings and hinder his blessings for your life right now by lack of obedience. And any one of you who's a parent know exactly how your children can interrupt their blessings for the, for, that you have for them by their lack of obedience. God says, look, if you forgive other people when they sin, I'll forgive you. But if you don't forgive others their sins, I'm not going to forgive yours. You've just interrupted your blessing. You've just grieved the Holy Spirit of God. You say, but this sucks. I, I, people really don't deserve forgiveness. I agree. I got some people in my life that don't deserve forgiveness. You know what the sad part is? There's probably a couple of people who don't think I deserve it. And it's probably the same for you guys too. And, and you know what? It's not, it's not my call. It's not my judgment to decide if they deserve it or not. The judgment is up to God. My job is to be obedient to God. My job is to give it over to God, to die to myself, to my feelings and my flesh, and turn it over to God and say, God, you've told me to forgive. You've said, charge it to, to my account. Paul said, if they've got anything against me, charge it to my account. Jesus said, charge it to my account. But you're not allowed to hold that grudge. Thank you. <laughs> All right. So. As we're wrapping up, guys, we've got two pages left. We're going quick. So if nothing else today, if nothing else in the three weeks we've been together, I, I urge you to search your hearts, see if there's anyone you haven't forgiven and you need to come repent before God today and completely forgive that person. Romans 13.8, now we're back to love. Let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another. For whoever loves others has fulfilled the law. Let no debt remain understanding. In other words, you've know, you got to pay everything you owe. Make, make sure you do everything you say you're going to do. No debt should remain outstanding except the debt to always love one another because that's a debt you never pay in full. You just keep doing it. That's how important it is. You keep doing it. Ephesians 4.2 tells us, Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Now, let me tell you about benefits. You guys all know about benefits. You go to work, you get paid. Uh, you do something nice, maybe somebody will do something nice to you. But I want to share with you this last benefit of loving people. And it's not one I invented, it comes from the Word of God. It's 1 Peter 4.8. I love the way it starts, it says, above all. Now, now, wait a minute, above all. Like, this is the most important thing. Above all, above everything else, everything else we've talked about, Peter's saying, above all, love each other deeply. Because love covers a multitude of sins. Peter's giving you your get-out-of-jail-free card. He's saying, look, I know you're going to screw up, and, and I know you can go to God, and you can ask for repentance, and of course God is going to forgive you. First John 1 John 1.9 tells us, if uh, we confess our sins, he's faithful and just, and he'll purify us all in unrighteousness and forgive us our sins. But Peter's saying, look, love deeply above all, because love covers a multitude of sins, and you know what? I need some covering for my sins. I need some. I need to love people a little extra. I want to be able to look at the scorecard of my life. Remember, God tells us to examine ourselves, to judge ourselves, to test ourselves, and hold on to what's good. I want to be able to look at the scorecard and say, you know what? Yeah, I, I, I screwed up, Lord, and, and you taught me, and hopefully I've repented and learned, but you know, I, I have shown extra love over here, and God says, man, we're good. <laughs> you're covered. You're, you're, you're more than covered, and you should have that same attitude. So God tells us, and we are wrapping up, I promise. But table captains, you got to take one of these real quick. Uh, this is not, I'm just showing you this. David, can you just throw these out there just to the captains? Um, here's the verse. 
There's my shirt. I didn't print my shirt up for two reasons. They couldn't deliver it by today. So it's coming, but I don't have it yet. So the verse is Colossians 3.12. It says, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy, dearly, and loved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Clothe yourself with these things. So imagine your name's on the shirt. I did this artwork because it was easy. And the shirt says, I am Jack. It's a t-shirt. I am filled with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. And there's two versions. There were two different websites with a Bible there. Uh, Imagine this, gentlemen. Here's the point. If I were to wear that shirt everywhere I go, and you were to wear it with your name, do you think your actions of your life would be different? Damn right. That's right. And that's how we're to live. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved by God, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. That's Colossians 3.12. That is how you reflect love. And that is how you are to behave to others. It says, forgive as the Lord forgave you. It says, and whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Everything you do, whether in word or in deed, you should do in the name of Jesus. And that would change. So when you're thinking about how you're treating your wife, how you're treating your kids, how you're treating your neighbors and friends and family, God has instructed you to love them. Good news, it's not too late to do the right thing. It's not too late to repent and turn back to God and start today. David, great example today. Major problem. Triglycerides, you said, was that it? In the 890s, off the chart. Guess what? If I continue this behavior, I'm going to die. That was probably the bottom line. But we don't want to die. So what did he do? As soon as he knew there was a problem, he turned and changed around. We see the results in 20 days. I guarantee you, you start to live like Jesus Christ tells you to here, you'll see the results in 20 days. You'll be amazed at the transformation in your life. But you've got to take the first day and the first step, and that's up to you. You've got to, and it's simply obeying God and doing what God said. So today we have questions. I don't expect you to get through all of them. I just... Put them there just for the heck of it so you can start. Don't worry about this table, captains. Please hand these out. These are the questions. And uh, I hope they will inspire you. Thank you, David. Yeah, I know there's a book there. I just have so much fun with it once I start. And by the way, I'm asking myself these questions. That's why I left them there. And table captains, if you don't get through all of them and don't rush, only get through two if you want. But maybe you should read the other six yourself. They might be for you personally. So remember, guys. It's up to us. You know what? I believe every one of you knows the word of God. I believe there's only one question in my life and your life that matters. And that is, will we do it? And we spent three weeks, four weeks with our speaker talking about healthy choices and connections. Joshua said, it's for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. God said, I put before you life and death. I pray that you would choose life. That is God's desire. Lord, we love you. We praise you. Thank you for this day. Bless my brothers as we speak in conversation and continue to honor you. We pray all these things in Jesus' name.